Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Hi, Jenny. How are you today? Oh my gosh, I'm so tired, but I'm so excited to be here chatting with you. It feels like it's been forever and a day since we actually had a good long conversation. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm so excited that we have someone from the future coming to visit us. (laughs) I guess that is one way to think of that. (laughs) I mean, here we are talking on Tuesday, and we have a visitor coming to us from Wednesday. And this is where we ask you for stock tips. So that we know what's happening in the market on Wednesday and we're ready to react. (laughs) I'm not sure that's how this works, but. (laughs) But we do have today, we have um, Jess with us and Jess is going to talk with us about developing your sense of style. And first of all, we're just going to let her introduce herself and tell us where we can find her and then we'll get started. Jess. Oh, hello, both of you. Um, How lovely to be here with you today. Uh, I'm Jess. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at fat.bobbin.girl. I also blog at broadintheseams.com. Uh, uh, I'm one half of Muna and Broad, the pattern company, and also I print PDF patterns uh, under Christchurch Sew, so that keeps me busy. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't know about the printing of patterns. I'm sure that we will have uh, listeners who are interested in that information. It's only in New Zealand, so it's pretty niche um, and mostly for my own benefit, really, because it's great to have a printer at home when we go into lockdown. Yes. Yes. You don't want to tape all the pieces together. I do not. I definitely do not. Yeah. Uh, Jenny's with you on that. She does not. I won't do it. Yeah. I pretty much (laughs) if I'm taping pieces together, I have to be in love with someone that I'm making it for or I'm so in love with the design. I cannot wait. And that is Mm -hmm. a rare thing. (laughs) I know that some people like the act of taping it together, but I think like, especially if you're fat, that's bigger pieces. It's more taping than other people have to do. So it's more work. Yeah. Honest to goodness, nothing annoys me more than getting an AO pattern piece and discovering I have to tape it to another one because of my big ass. (laughs) That makes me insane. (laughs) I grab that thing and I'm like, are you joking? You could not have laid this out so I didn't have to tape something. I have so many pet peeves and hall of shame of like people's placements on AO patterns that I thought I'd write a blog at some point that was like, what people want you to know about their AO patterns. Um, but it okay, felt too so point. How about this one? Since we're complaining, cause I'm really good at that about AO patterns. I got one that had on one of the sleeve pieces, sleeve pieces is a very full sleeve, the pocket piece. So you had to either trace it off or cut it out and have a big ass hole in your sleeve piece. And I don't trace off of my AO patterns. I cut direct. I'm wasteful in that way. And I'm confident enough that it's probably going to work, that I'm comfortable with it. And if I have to cut a piece out of another piece, I'm just automatically mad at you. I've never seen that before, but I will admit I have considered that as like an option to save paper. No. <laughs> Jenny said no. <laughs> Jess, why don't you tell us about how you came to sew and how you learned? Yeah, um, so I guess it's fat reasons that brought me to sewing, which was basically that um, I really wanted to wear natural fiber clothing. And this was, I guess, I guess it was about four years ago that I first kind of got into sewing. And at that time, like, it didn't matter for love nor money, could you find linen clothing in my size in any kind of shop? Elizabeth Suzanne didn't have my size. You know, there was kind of just no options. And it was a point where kind of slow fashion was getting into linen and all these things were popping up, but just not for me. Um, And so I think, Oh, well, I guess throughout my whole life, I felt a bit like I haven't actually been able to get the clothes that I want to wear for how I see myself. And so getting into sewing is kind of the way, if you're fat, of actually testing out your style and trying new things and all that stuff that's not possible because you can't just go into a store and try stuff on. Um, Yeah, so it was a love of oversized linen things, basically, that brought me to sewing. And I think if you look at what I mostly wear, that has kind of stuck around. Um, So I took some night classes in the evenings, um, one day a week, and you took in your own pattern 
And I had kind of done enough research that I knew that that was necessary because I knew that if I went to a class where they had a set pattern, that it wasn't going to include me. Um, so I'm a bit of a researcher. And through my researching, I had, by the time I started sewing, already been following um, Meg from Cooking and Crafting and Shannon from Rare Device and the Curvy Sewing Collective, I found through those two. Um, I'd been following them for years thinking like, oh, if they're sewing and I'm quite similar to them, maybe I could also sew. Um, so that's how it kind of started for me. So you started with taking an indie pattern into a sewing class. Yes. Yep. And, and, and learning from the teacher there. So mm -hmm. um, I think that probably the teacher, maybe that they might not have seen indie patterns before. Right. No, and she was a tiny German lady, and she was like, I'm a size 18, and I was like, oh, my gosh, if you're a size 18, what am I? <laughs> big four pattern sizing, and I was. <laughs> that yeah. is one of the things that always slayed me about it. I have um, my younger daughter is much slimmer than I am, and she is in patterns a size 12, so she's relatively petite, since that, of course, is for her was shocking to be a 12, given that in her real world, she'll be a six or an eight. And it was it was quite the thing. And it's it's definitely been, I think, one of the struggles of being a fat sewist is all of the weird numbering and the body dysmor dysmorphia that can come from sizing in ready to wear, which already varies hugely between manufacturers, and then throw in the incredibly weird sizing of sewing patterns and how much that also varies by manufacturers. Suddenly you don't really necessarily know what size you are or how you see yourself relative to patterns. So often my hips will fit into like what a pattern company has kind of put as a 7XL. And I think if I was shopping in a store, I would not be shopping for a 7XL. Not even close. And that's where mindfall is way out there in that, that much, much upper range. And because I'm pretty pear-shaped or pyramid-shaped overall, I feel like eventually my head will be small enough that I really will be a genuine pyramid. But <laughs> but, but because that's my body shape, I also can sometimes fit in straight sizing for my shoulders and upper chest, even though the rest of me is definitely not straight sizing. So it gets, it can get a little confusing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, Did that experience shape how you decided to do the sizing in Moon and Broad? Yeah, we definitely didn't want to put a label on it that would mean that someone in the upper end of the sizes would end up in something that was just like utter nonsense. Um, and also, I guess, like, yeah, I think we both, Leela and I agree that, you know, sizes are utterly irrelevant have no basis in kind of logic most of the time. Um, so we just wanted to kind of get away with from that in a way that was consistent so that people can know, like, generally in an M and B pattern, I sew a size F. And that's, yeah. you know, that's just it. You it has no kind of qualitative meaning to it, I suppose. There's nothing kind of tied up in that emotionally. I, I do uses find the same scale. It uses so, a, a alphabet scale too, peppermint does. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. And I find for me with my sizing, it, it really works that way. When I, I, I recently made the, um, is it Chobden? Cobden. Chobden? Cobden. Cobden. Awesome. The Cobden shore jacket, but I cropped it at my waist. And so I sewed a size I've never sewn in Mona and Broad. I think a G or something like that because, because it didn't need to go any bigger than my upper chest and uh, chest measurement. That was all I needed to do it. And I sewed this thing up and I thought, I have no idea what size this is. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even picture what this, like if I made it the full length, how that would interact with my body. <laughs> and it was really a weird experience to not, I, I had no idea. I don't even really in a relative scale know where I was from A to M because I don't know where G is. You know what I mean? I'd have to think it out. It was very odd, but I enjoyed it. Great jacket. <laughs> I look forward it, to seeing it. Maybe I've seen it already. Just don't it, remember. You may have. It's a black and white plaid. And I will say I am, I am anti-jacket. I don't ever wear a jacket. I wear cardigans. And even then I'm pretty opposed to those. I like, I'm a one layer dresser and I live where it snows. So people, people find that odd. Um, but, uh, but this jacket I've worn, I think I made it three weeks ago, maybe. And I've worn it easily seven or eight times in the last three weeks. I love it to death. It's absolutely a perfect, perfect jacket. 
cropped at my waist, which is what it turns out I would prefer a jacket to be. So, yeah. so well, I really, fun. really appreciated it. I'm looking forward to making another one and putting all the pockets on it. I'm mostly anti-pocket as well. So, so I didn't put pockets on it. I'm like the only person on the internet where when everybody's saying, oh, pockets, it's got pockets. And I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I do plan to put pockets of, on the next one. <laughs> we might agree on this one about pockets as like, I like the practicality of pockets, but I don't like sewing them and they're right on the front. So I feel like there's a lot of stress for getting them right. And I don't appreciate that stress. <laughs> there is. And for me, especially so on jackets, a little less so, but on dresses, skirts and pants, the way that my, my body shaped my, my, I've got a 14 inch difference between my waist and my hip that happens over six inches and, and grading that and making it not look weird is really, really hard. And I don't get enough use out of a pocket to be worth the effort it would take me to get it right. So, <laughs> so I prefer a pocket like on the, um, on the gleb, 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 I believe. Thank you. Gleam. I prefer a pocket like that. That's got a cutaway that's intended to be a particular style that isn't right on the side seams. Yeah. Side seam pockets are my enemy. I think also if you're fat, oftentimes your side seam pockets are too far back for you to get your arms in comfortably. True. (laughs) True enough. True enough. So yeah. Anyway, that's my pocket rant and I guess my jacket rant all in one. So lately we have noticed that you've done a lot of color exploration in your Instagram feed. And that is what really drew us to getting you to come talk about style. And in general, I would say that you have a defined style. If I see, if I see my Instagram feed from a distance, I know it's you like I can, and I can tell it by the clothing and the color. And so I hadn't really thought of color too much in my style, although I pretty much do have a color style, which is just about what you're seeing right now. It's kind of black and gray and dark colors, but can you tell us about that color exploration? And was it just something that had to do with how you felt in those colors or were they colors that you particularly liked, or did you do like all color wheel stuff? Oh, I would say yes, 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 and yes. Like I've done it all. <laughs> I kind of, and I, I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't even say it's a process. I wouldn't say that I was at the end of the process. I don't feel like I've defined anything. I feel like it's very much ongoing and kind of the more I get into it, the more I'm like, oh, but what about this? You kind of hadn't considered this, Jess. Um, so I kind well, I guess this happens a lot when you sew is that you'll make things and then afterwards you'll be like, I don't love this and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, that kind of got me into like the style and the color and thinking about that to these things that like, I was really drawn to this fabric. I like this pattern in other things. Why does this not work for me? Why am I not kind of reaching for it? Um, and so to that end, I, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's about the colors and what colors kind of, I have quite a, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say it in like a way that sounds like I'm being self-deprecating, but my face is quite like bland like it you know my face and my hair it all kind of mixes together I'm not super high contrast apart from the fact that I have quite red rosy rosacea cheeks so I think oftentimes if I you know like I really love patterns and things like that but I would wear them and I would feel a bit lost in this thing that felt like that was more important than my face and it felt Mm -hmm. kind of like a costume or something somehow Mm -hmm. that I was putting on myself as opposed to like clothes that felt very much like me and how I wanted to be seen and feel and that kind of thing. Um, So the color is kind of tied up in that. That's awesome. I think that's such a good point. I, um, I recently, I had made a several, several outfits that I kind of felt the same way about. Um, And I think I was, I'm highly influenced by the fact that Jenny wears really um, fun patterns. And I think it's so cool and so fun. And I want to be like that. And so then I make these things and I feel silly. I feel clownish in it and it just doesn't suit me. It, it doesn't, it, um, and it's not, it's not that I don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hide or anything. I just, it's too much attention of that vibrancy or something, which, is weird um, because I love to see it in other people, but I don't feel like myself in it. Which is funny because it works that way for me too. When I, um, I, well, I made a, 
actually it was it was last year it was my most popular instagram post of an outfit and it was a beige outfit that had um little hearts and stitched looking features on it but it was it was essentially a bland beige and light pink quilting cotton look that's not the fabric it was but it was like that and it had a gathered skirt and i think i i'd put a sagebrush top for the top portion of it and I literally, when I put it on to get the photographs, I told my husband, I am donating this the second it comes off my body. <laughs> I completely misread this fabric. It is not for me. It is the wrong everything. And yet I thought, oh, adorable little pink hearts and sewing details would be so cute. But it was so, I don't even know. I Tepid isn't even the right word. It's just when I put it on, I felt, I just felt like someone else. I felt like, like someone else that I didn't want to be. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and indeed I took it off and it went straight into the wash so that I could donate it because it was never going to be on my body again. And I was so surprised when a week and a half later, I'm like, what the hell? 600 people love this and are like, it's so you, it's adorable on you. And I'm like, it is the most awful thing I've ever worn. <laughs> How can you think <laughs> it was the worst? And so it was, it was just a weird disconnect where I guessed wrong. I looked at it and thought, but there's, it's going to be adorable as a sagebrush with the little ruffle. And no, not in any way. Uh <laughs> I think there's like a really steep learning curve on fabric because I think many sewers are a lot like magpies. Like you see something and you love it, but then there's this thing of eventually getting around to working out like, yeah, I can love something, but not want to put it on my body because it doesn't right. represent me. I, yeah. I agree. And I'm still working on that. I, I don't know what your stash looks like. I've sewn through mine more than three times during the pandemic, but I'm now at a place where I have a little bit of a stash again. And as I look at it, I realize, oh, yeah, that's really adorable, but it's not for me. I don't know why I have it. And we've started to have local sewing group meetings occasionally now. So I've, I've started bringing those items to get them to homes that may appreciate them more. Since in my home, I think it's lovely, but it's never going to be on my body. It's not the right thing. <laughs> I have kind of unsold a lot of fabrics like that as well. And I think there's a really... It, you have to make a concerted effort in a way to avoid sewing for Instagram. You know, like yes. those those people who are like, oh, I love this on you, Jenny. And you're like, yeah, but it's not me at all. And mm -hmm. I kind of have that feeling, not just with fabrics, but like if I was to make something that was like outrageously, you know, out, an outrageous pattern combo in really bright, high contrast colors that was a dress, Instagram would be all over it because Instagram loves a fat lady in a dress and in bright colors. And that might not do anything for me. And it might not be what I want to show to the world, but people will be like, oh, you look great. And then I think, damn, do they just hate me in pants? Like what's going on there? And you kind of have to separate it and be like, I actually don't care that you don't think that I look cool in pants because I feel great in pants and I love all my pants. And it's I'm just a hard and weird pants. thing. Yeah, I agree with you. It is it is a very weird thing. And one of the things that I'm struggling with, I've mentioned it on the show before, but that's a struggle for me is as we get into this place where people really are talking about and experiencing fashion in a slower fashion, right? It hits me in a place that feels weird because I spent 40 years feeling like I couldn't own things that were me, that spoke to who I wanted to be and present. And now that I'm able to make anything I want to be any kind of an outfit I want to wear, I want to make them all. I, <laughs> I want to sew every possible thing that comes into my head where I'm like, wonder if I'd like a cropped sweatshirt. And I should, I, I just want to experience it, even though I think sometimes I even know, no, I'm not going to like that. <laughs> but I want to make it and find out if I like it because I've never had the chance to find out. And I feel like that as folks, we have the right to experience that though, right? Like, because we can't go into a store and try on these new styles. You can't go into a store and try on a cropped sweatshirt in, you know, no. any color, let alone <laughs> one that you're maybe thinking about. And so I think that those, those kind of standards of sustainability, I don't consider them to apply to me. And that's, that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out how I feel about it because I, the Instagram peer pressure definitely gets to me sometimes where I read a thing and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure they were talking directly to me that, that when they created that story, they thought that Jenny needs a lesson. And they, and they made a story for me to explain to me why what I'm doing is completely inappropriate. And I'm even on board with, yeah, it, there's a lot of waste. There's a lot of things you should be thinking about, 
But sometimes there are other things that seem more important, like, like the mental health associated with having a crop sweatshirt and bright pink with maybe the word fat across the front. You know, I mean, that's a, that's got value that, that I've not, I've just never got to experience. So I think if you're as sewists is, is, aren't we already in a place of kind of greater sustainability than if we were shopping oodles and oodles of fast fashion and buying plastic shoes every second day? Like, I feel like as a baseline, we're already starting at a better spot. It's absolutely true. And and what I'm trying to experiment with now, my my concession to the slow fashion is that I am trying to, to with the things I've already made a thousand of, like, like I have a really solid idea of what I want in a dress to try and think about, is there a better fabric source? Is there a more appropriate this, that, or the other that I would enjoy very much that I could take perhaps a few extra moments with as I created instead of um, buying all of the discount fabric I can find and sewing it up as quick as my fingers will because I need a new outfit every day. And so I'm trying to find that balance, but it's really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy your curated looks because to me, a lot of what you've done lately really looks like thought went into the overall the overall theme and pattern and it occasionally in a post it's really clear or seems clear to me that what happened is you tried something on and went oh crap that works really well with this i wonder what else i could do with it and then start putting it all together but it but it results in what feels like a really like a really pulled together thing that i don't aspire to and and don't have going on in my life but i i think it's really really neat it honestly it reminds me my mother was a a very fashionable lady when she was working and not that she isn't now, sorry, mom, if you actually listen, I don't think you do, but she was particularly um, good at things like having, knowing what her colors that she preferred to wear were and knowing how she could put together the 14 pairs of pants with the 380 shirts to make a variety of different outfits that came off in different ways. And I, I see a lot of that in what you do and I, I really like it. I think it's a neat idea. Oh, thank you. I um I had actually so when I kind of started with the color thing, I have a sewing buddy here in Christchurch, New Zealand. Um, she's Naomi.joy.creates on Instagram, and she is like the most stylish person I know, but not in a like fashionable du jour way, but in a like she dresses in a way that is incredibly true to herself. Um, it's not affected by like trends or anything like that. She just looks very much her and she has a, you know, mostly handmade wardrobe as well. Uh, she also has uh, one of the kind of old color theory kits with the draping <laughs> things um, that her mum used to do and now she does it. Um, and so me and a few other sewers went around to her house with some wine and some cheese and some nibbles and we all kind of sat there and she stepped us through picking out the um, color seasons for people. And um, so I'm I'm a warm autumn, which is also called a true autumn, depending on uh, how you look at it. And it was interesting because at one, you know, at the same time as I was like, oh yeah, a lot of these colors I'm on board with, it was also like, hmm, I never really thought about me wearing gold, which is apparently a great color for me. Um, so that was really interesting and kind of the start of where I got into that color situation. I, I went through color theory classes with a friend whose mother had bought a kit for doing that in the in the mid 1980s <laughs> and and had all swatches, not draping, but little swatches. And we'd go over and, and she'd step through it and she she classified me as an autumn. There wasn't pure or other undertones associated with it as an autumn at the time. And I've never liked those colors, <laughs> and so I've I've mostly refused to comply. But um, but it was it was interesting to me, and both she and her daughter really lived by it. the The mm-hmm. kits came with us every time we went fabric shopping, or anything that involved buying something that would be worn to make sure you were definitely using those colors that that were that felt to you like like they enriched the way that your skin looked or whatever you wanted to present to the world. And I, I, I find it interesting. I'm not sure it's for me, but I find it really interesting. I think for me, I felt like my rosacea really had an impact on how I felt and still does when I wear particular garments that Mm -hmm. form. And it, 
depends on how how excited my rosacea is day per day because some days it's very excited to be here and other days it's it's barely barely noticeable (laughs) (laughs) some days I have really cute little red splotches on my cheeks and some days my nose is also red and some days Mm -hmm. my forehead the party and that's kind of less cute and adorable I, I agree. I, I struggle some with that. And for a number of years, I would buy um, weird green unguents that you're supposed to put on that, I guess, take the red out. But but for me, when you it looked fine in the mirror, but when you take a picture of me, you'd, I'd have like a green sheen. And I'm like, I don't know that that's what they meant. <laughs> I felt like I must be doing it wrong. So eventually I just <laughs> tossed them and said, you know what? I'm just going to have the pink cheeks. It's fine. There's a point where like, is looking green worse than looking red in the face? You have to choose which one you're happy with. Yeah. I, I, you know, I decided I'm not Kermit. So I went with, uh, went with the red, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was always kind of interesting. <laughs> so, um, in thinking about that, when you were, you know, sort of on this, getting started with this, did you use Instagram photos of yourself or did you take pictures of outfits together? Um, one of the things like with those color theories, I, I never like the colors they tell me to wear. And so I don't wear them and they probably would look better with my skin. I just don't care. Um, I don't feel myself in those colors, so I don't wear them. Um, but there are colors that I like. And so I'm kind of trying to get a grip on what would be the best. I mean, this takes a little bit of discipline, right? To make the things that, that are going to suit you um, so that I'm not making something I don't like. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say also that like there's a lot of colors within each of them. And so for me, I didn't kind of start thinking like, I'm just going to wear what this is going to tell me. I kind of went into it thinking, I'm going to see what it tells me and see if that gels with what I'm actually reaching for and what I'm wearing a lot of. And what I kind of found was like, oh, there's a lot of crossover actually between the things that I am getting a lot of wear out of and this stuff already. And, you know, there's colors in the, the warm autumn palette that I am not going to be wearing I'm not on board with those shades and I just you know um I think another thing that I learned during this was you know I got this palette of like warm autumn and I was like great I can just pick any colors on here and they'll pair like you know one could be a top one could be a bottom let me tell you that does not work um <laughs> so you know it doesn't necessarily mean you have to like all of a sudden you're like all these colors is what is in my wardrobe because actually that doesn't necessarily turn out how you think it's going to So you found these colors and then you kind of like say, oh, like I love the the mixture of that sort of like really deep pink with a chartreuse green color that you like. I never would have put those together, but they look so natural on you. Yeah. And well, actually, hilariously, neither of those are in my warm autumn um, (laughs) kind of mix. And those are just colors that I was like, I actually don't care what you say. Warm autumn, I'm going to take these anyway. Um, so I'm definitely still wearing lots of things that are kind of outside of my, what, what the seasons say I should, um, and kind of getting into that pink and chartreuse. The next thing that I did after that was that I kind of put together this like color scheme for myself, which had like neutral shades and accent colors and main colors and kind of mapped them out. And it was great. I've got a blog all about it and they look super cool. And I put all these things to be like, this is how you could pair them together. And that was all great in theory, except I hated all the outfits that came from it. Um, Oh, seriously. Wow. (laughs) So I had like done all this stuff and I was like, yeah, this is my little thing. And then it was like a total flop. Everything looked great, but I didn't want to wear it. I like, I I looked at it and I was like, you look cool. But when it came to leaving the house, I was like, no, I'm just going to go get changed. Um, (laughs) So that was really interesting. And then from there I was a bit like, okay, so then I kind of got deeper into the season thing. And one of the seasons thing is because I'm quite low contrast, instead of, I guess I was trying and I was reading lots about color theory and that kind of stuff. And you see color theory and you see like complementary colors and split, split complementary and all these ways to wear like quite jarring things. And I guess the pink and the chartreuse is one of those combos that I do like. But on the opposite end of the spectrum is not so jarring things. And I think that those kind of more... I was going to say monogamous. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I can't think of the word. The it's ones that are like, like monotonal, like monotonal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not monogamous. Um, those kind of things. I, since I'm quite kind of the same color everywhere, that I found a lot of joy in wearing like 
soft pinks with other soft pinks or stuff that was really similar tonally. Um, so, and, you know, this took like a year, more than a year, and then I realised that like the first article I'd read about Warm Autumn was like, yes, you like low contrast pairings, and I just had skipped over that at the time. Um, I got there eventually. So in addition to colours, you also have a sense of um, style in the types of clothing you wear. How would you define that for yourself? Oh, um, well, I mean, to define something, I feel like you have to have decided that you've arrived somewhere, and I'm not really sure that I have arrived <laughs> anywhere. Um, I still feel a lot like Jenny in that I'm making stuff and trying stuff on, and I think kind of Leela and I through Muna and Broad, is that's exactly still what we're doing is we're both like, we want a pattern like this. And this is patterns that don't already exist for us, don't exist in shops. And then we're like, let's give it a go. So are you going to wear that polka dot hexam? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm not a big dress person. Uh And as soon as my life. I want (laughs) it. Let's talk later. Um, as soon as my thighs touch each other with bare skin, I am like hot and I am sweaty. And you know, like I know you can wear leggings, but it just doesn't speak to me. Yeah. Leggings and a dress—it's just not my. I don't scene. do leggings either. I understand that a hundred percent. I don't mind the thighs touching, but I'm like super opposed to my my boobs touching. <laughs> I, 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 there's nothing that makes me feel hotter faster than having uniboob. It's the worst thing in the universe for me. It is so uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I, I power underwire everything (laughs) because they have to stay separate. Yeah. There's just some things that I just can't kind of do. And then, so I did make these great Hexam dresses and I really liked the pink one. And then I was a bit like, well, could I tie it with a tie and get it up and like (laughs) draped around me and then wear my linen pants? And I can, I look very dramatic, I would say, um, (laughs) like I might, I don't know, be voyaging through the desert kind of dramatic. but, and yeah. and I love that look for you. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that is either the style that we wish to arrive at as well. Um, but, no, and I'm, but it, I did wonder because right? when of I saw on them. Instagram like those yeah. pictures as well, and they were like, "Oh my god, you should dress like this all the time." And I was a bit like, "Oh, oh dear." Okay, thank thank I, you for I this compliment. Immediately, I well, <laughs> yeah. My immediate first thought was just put them in the mail to me. I understand because I'm also, I, I take pictures of pants that I've made because I, every once in a while, I think these are definitely the pants I'm going to start wearing. (laughs) And I wear pants probably three times a year. I mean, it happens, but it's incredibly uncommon because no matter how many likes they get, it's just not for me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I kind of wish that I was a super girly girl who wanted to wear like lots of makeup and high heels and stuff because I could probably be quite successful like that but unfortunately that's not where my kind of interest and comfort lies I I do find that when it comes to ready to wear it was a big advantage for me as a as a fat woman that because really hyper feminine or hyper sexualized shapes in the last 15 years have been really easy to find in fat sizes up to a point. And so there's, there's a lot of variety there. And so it worked well that that happened to be my style. If my style had been anything else, it it would have worked a lot less well. And it, it does sometimes leave me wondering how much of what I enjoy wearing is related to what I could wear. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's where some of the experimentation comes from. It's why I have three pairs of glee pants. It's why I have so many different things that aren't really me right now. I don't feel like they're me, but that I try them because I keep thinking, well, maybe they're not me because I never got to try them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I got into sewing, I didn't kind of come into it being like, I'm going to radically change what I wear. I came into it and bought a heap of fit and flare dress sewing patterns in my size. Cause that's, you know, like, Oh, well, that will look good on you, Jess. That will be professional on your fat body that struggles to right. be professional otherwise. Yeah. Um, and, eventually got to the point of working out well that's not really what you like but you know like if you like an oversized or minimalist kind of looking style when you type that into Pinterest what you get is not the same if you type plus size at the end as if you do not put plus size in there (laughs) and it's really hard to imagine these kind of shapes on your body because you're not shown them anywhere Mm -hmm. I I hear you that is that is so rough and that's to me always been 
really, really rough about, um, about trying to imagine sewing patterns on my body because even where the sizing goes up to my size, oftentimes there's not a lot of representation on designer's feeds or when you search the pattern hashtag for bodies my size. And I am, I am, and I'm bigger than a mid fat. I'm right about at whatever comes next, depending on how people define it. I just call myself super fat. Um, but I'm, I'm at a place where I'm big enough that there's not always representation, that it's not always easy to find someone who looks like me. And it, it makes it harder to figure out whether it's going to work without just saying, well, what the hell, I'll just try it myself and see if it works. <laughs> and that's where you end up making so many things. And then people are it like, is. oh, you should probably make less. It's a well, kind of I'm, ambitious circle. Yeah. I'm sitting here um, with, with about 50 to 60 items I've already identified that I'm going to, that I'm going to offload um, in the next few weeks because they're not for me. There's nothing wrong with them. They just, I don't reach for them. And I have minimal closet space, so I'm I'm going to pass them on to the next fat body that thinks they could use them. So that's a great well, way of dealing with that. One thing that I think is really cool too <laughs> is because um, it was especially as a person who prefers to wear pants, right? I think in general, pants are harder to fit properly than other things, mostly because they're they they have to fit they have to fit in at some point, even if it's elastic waist, at least it has to touch your waist, right? So that you can have it. And then it has to kind of have a certain shape. And I think that can be, you know, crotch length and all that kind of stuff can fit in. And so um, at the same time that it was probably especially important for you to learn to sew so that you could have pants to choose from, that's a hard place to go in, right? That's a hard, that's a hard thing to, to have to do. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't start by sewing pants, really, because there weren't that many pants. I'm I'm kind of like a very, I'm quite narrow through the shoulders, um, for, even for my size. Like, I'd, I'd be narrow shoulders if I wasn't fat. Um, really kind of small through the upper chest, and I don't have very large breasts. And then basically immediately after my bra band, everything just kind of expands from there. And so I'm like a pretty, you know, like I couldn't buy a jumpsuit from Stylark who gives you the one size and the other size is either side because that just does not work for my body. Mm -hmm. um, so I started off with, with tops and things, you know, that kind of stuff that when you're fat, you can buy tops from some clothing stores where you definitely cannot fit into their pants kind of thing. So I started <laughs> there and it really wasn't until um, Leela sent me the Glebe pants, what eventually became the Glebe pants that I was like, oh, I can make pants. I can make pants that I'm not afraid are going to burst open while I'm out in the street. Um, but I think, and, you know, we've been doing Minute and Broad for two years now and I'm still learning, like I'm still kind of getting used to these ideas that because we haven't seen stuff on bodies like mine, I think we come into sewing pants with a lot of expectations of how pants can look or what we want from them, which is actually not based in physics. <laughs> Um, you know, like, unless you're, you can't get linen pants that are cigarette pants if you're fat, because where does the fabric go? You know, like you got to have room to sit down and then no stretch right. in the fabric you're using. So we have these expectations of maybe like ready to wear or what things look like on thin people who don't expand in the same ways and they sit down as we do. Um, yeah, I, I could go on forever about that. Yeah, Jenny and I had an interesting exchange on here one time because um, there was a peppermint um, pattern for a jumpsuit. And I was like, oh, this this jumpsuit has tons of ease in it. And Jenny said, no, it doesn't. I said, yes, it does. It has like eight inches at the hips. And she's like, that is not a ton of ease. And I just hadn't thought about it because for me, eight inches is plenty of ease. And I, I really, I mean, it sounds so uh, ignorant, but I just... I was, I was ignorant of that. I, it hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. Um, Whereas I can eat up eight inches by sitting. I mean, it's... <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Our glee pants are technically straight leg pants, right? But they look like wide pants because I'm wide. <laughs> And it's one of the reasons that I tried the Glebe when they were I, either just in the testing period or just recently released. It was very early in that 
that phasing was because when you looked at them, it's like, oh, hell, it's a skirt, but you get two legs. That's kind of cool. And <laughs> and I thought that's going to be the pants that convert me to pants wearing <laughs> because it's <laughs> almost a skirt. And then, of course, they're still pants. Um, and so... <laughs> which still just not for me, but they were, they were such a neat shape and not something I'd really seen. Even when I looked at pants that were in theory designed for my body. Although my experience has been, I think you tried a Zadie jumpsuit or a little bit before I did, but my experience has generally been with designers who make, who make something for a straight size and expand up, especially if it involves pants and a crotch length and questions about my hips and things like that, it's probably not going to fit me. It's probably not going to work because when I go to sit down, something different's going to happen than what they're anticipating. They're, they've, got, they've got a plan going on that does not involve my ass and does not involve my tummy and does not involve my hips and thighs. And my, my Zadies um, were posted exclusively for Instagram. They looked great standing up in the middle of the road or down the sidewalk. They were adorable. I looked so cute. If I sat down, I looked like I needed to be cut out of them for safety. It was, it was not, it was not great. And, now, and I found that with a, a lot of pants. <laughs> now you had a different experience with the new expansion from the Deer and Doe Sirocco, but do you think that's because it's knit fabric? Knit is probably some portion of it, but when I sit, it's not stretched taut across my waist. There's no portion of it or my hips. There's no part of it where the, the knit looks stretched out or anything else. It's still, it's fine. And it doesn't climb in places it shouldn't climb, I guess is what I would say. I'm not sure how to put that differently, but but it doesn't give that same level of discomfort from the sitting. Now, part of that is I think the crotch curve is deeper, like it... Mm. It sits a little bit lower, perhaps, than Zadie did. Mm. And I do know for me, in terms of getting between my hips and my waist, that 14 inches, the, the um, not elastic, because there's no elastic in it, the stretchiness of the Sirocco makes a huge difference compared to Zadie, which I made out of knit fabric and had to, I mean, I had to be able to grade from my 48-inch waist, which needed to be semi-fitted, down to my 60-inch hips at that time, which was just, a, it was a lot to ask of the pattern, especially mm -hmm. since the pattern only went up to about a 56, if I remember right. So yeah, it was, I think it was a 56 at the time. Yeah, it did I'm not. Sure it's expanded since then. I, I don't think it has, but it, and, and I expanded it. I graded it up. It's not like I just left it there and went, well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I was asking a lot of, of that woven fabric across the shape of my body. Whereas the Sirocco does a lot of the heavy lifting for me by being knit. So mm -hmm. that's definitely a portion of it. And it's adorable. I, it looks really cute on me. I'm very happy with it. And that's pants my Zadie. That <laughs> oh, the pants. Well, that's good. My Zadie yeah. was good. Um, I, I liked that it was easy to have like different sizes on the top and the bottom because I am different sizes on the top and the bottom. Um, I think one thing about the Zadie jumpsuit is that if you look on the hashtag, it's really difficult to see what the Zadie jumpsuit is intended to look like because it's <laughs> intended to have a lot of ease. It's intended to be really relaxed. And you see people being like, I size down four sizes. And I just think, well, did you make the Zadie jumpsuit? Yeah. So if you look at it, you would think that you're supposed to have like tight legs in there and all this other stuff. And I, that's not to me when I look at the Zadie jumpsuit, it looks like people are making it not how it's designed to be worn which is I'm not saying you did this but like it will yeah. lead to trouble because you can't size down four sizes and be like this is going to fit my body because it's not going to work like that yeah and I sized down for the the top because the measurements I have at the top worked but I I graded out for everything from the waist down because otherwise we, we it wasn't going to be a thing um <laughs> And I think that's one where I might have benefited from somebody who knew better how to do the grading because it wasn't, it's not like it was super complicated shapes, but I always struggle with how quickly I go from 48 inches to 62 now doing that without literally just drawing a 45 degree angle, which is not how my body looks, but that's what's implied by the, the steepness of the change. So it's, I, I think that one was a real struggle for me um, and did not end up being one that I wore outside. Literally, I just wore it to take the pictures and I'm like, you know, it's super fun. It looks adorable, but man, I can't sit and then, and then moved on. <laughs> you should just stand up, Jenny. <laughs> I mean, 
So there have been, I, to be fair, there have been events that I've sewn for knowing I would stand except when I was driving there where I'm like, <laughs> I can live with this sausage thing that's happening because I'm going to be adorable at this event, but that's really uncommon. That's not my, most of my life. I'd like to be able to sit and feel like deep breathing isn't going to destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> well, your pants, because that would be kind of quite embarrassing as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I can we, imagine it. <laughs> so we've talked about um, color and the types of clothing that it was kind of define a style, but I just thinking about this. Um, also, there's like the types of fabric that you use. Um, have you found like, how did you figure out what kinds of fabric that you like the best for, for your clothing? And do you, do you stick to certain types of fabrics? Uh, yeah, well, so I almost entirely sew with natural fibers. Um, when I kind of got into sewing, it was basically so that I could have linen clothing. Um, I had a like of natural fibers before sewing. And I think that was mostly just that, like, before I discovered natural fibers, you know, like so much of uh, plus size ready to wear is polyester. And I really thought my body just was stinky. Like I thought that I just <laughs> smelled. Um, and you know, like that my feet were stinky in my shoes and that I was stinky and, you know, like tops had to be worn after one day. And then as I got into natural fibers, realizing like, oh, no, I'm fine. The fabric was doing this to my body kind of thing. And so uh, everything I make is natural fibers. I will do like, I didn't get into sewing to sew knits, really, she says, wearing a knit t-shirt. Because, like, I kind of got into sewing thinking, like, I wanted to make stuff that I couldn't buy. And I can go out and buy a T-shirt. But I guess now as I've got more into it and I'm getting a bit more picky when I find a T-shirt, it doesn't really fit me because, yeah, I'm, like, four sizes different from the shoulders through to the hip. So if I want something that looks right to me now, I do actually have to sew it. Um, but I'll sew knits with, like, spandex or lycra, um, but not kind of, I don't wear polyester at all. Yeah. So do you mostly wear linen? Um, I have a lot of linen. I have a lot of linen pants, a lot of linen bleed pants. Uh, I like linen shirts, but, um, so I guess my favorite kind of fabrics are the ones that have like extra special qualities. So like Merino, I have a lot of Merino undies. Mm. I like Merino tops. Um, Merino is antibacterial and also wicking. Much, much easier there. It certainly helps that we grow a lot of merino in New Zealand and in Australia. So in terms of you're looking for merino wool, this is the great part of the world to be doing it. Um, so like the fabric store stocks it and sells it. I think Blackbird did get some in recently. Mm -hmm. um, but my new favorite merino is from the Merino Collective, which is New Zealand based. Um, they just have like really nice kind of hefty merino. Uh, so I like that because the fabric has really good qualities. Uh, bamboo has some terrible environmental side effects but it's lovely to wear so I'm trying to wear more modal instead of bamboo um because it also has really good wicking qualities and I like you know if you can set yourself up just up for success basically by having fabrics wicking sweat away from you and keeping you as fresh as possible and keeping you as comfortable as you can be then also on top of that you're making super comfortable clothes that feel like yourself you're basically just setting yourself up for success yeah. So for you, it's more of the content of the fiber and not the, you know, let's say the weave of the fiber or something like, like, um, you know, I like, um, I kind of like the feel of cotton sateen. I'm less, I, I also like, um, cotton lawn sometimes, but I, there's certain things that I like less. I'm a deeply anxious individual who finds like difficulty in certain things. So like initially I was a bit like tensile and linen can't be worn together. Those are two textures that don't work. Um, and I just couldn't bring myself to pair them. And then I eventually got over it and I will wear tensile pants with linen tops. Um, so I guess I do like the texture of it or I wouldn't make them like bamboo mm -hmm. is or modal is soft and slinky. And I like the kind of crispness and the wrinkliness that comes from linen and how it improves as you wear it. Mm -hmm. um, wool, wool coatings, wool jackets is all really nice. Um, I like seersucker. So like linen mm -hmm. or cotton seersuckers with a texture. Um, double gauze. Yeah. I, so I guess there's all kinds of fabric within those fabrics that I right. kind of, yeah. I yeah. love wool fabric. 
Yeah, me too. I'm, I I do see that there's some things that have hung out on my in my stash for a long time. And it's like, oh, I guess you don't like that as much, you know, like I'm not pulling it to, you know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not the thing that that's attracting me right away. Um, one of the things that we're going to do this month is um, we're going to have a style swap where folks can put, you know, things out that they're willing to give or trade to another sewist that they made with love. They thought they'd love it. They put it on and they're like, no, (laughs) I'm not wearing this. Um, And I think maybe that might be true, at least for me with some fabrics as well. But, um, you know, you get them now. Part of it too, is I buy most of my fabric online. And so I don't, I don't see all of it ahead of time, but now at least I've, I pretty much know what I'm getting when it comes now that I've, I've bought enough of it, but, um, yeah. Have you ordered something where when it shows up, you go, Oh, they're naked. And then you suddenly realize you can't wear it to work because the human images on it are naked. And you did not know that (laughs) you should be able to tell that from a photograph. And I recently received fabric where I'm like, Oh my God, they're completely naked. And I had no idea. So I have gifted that to someone who is more comfortable wearing naked people during their regular work day, <laughs> which is a thing I cannot do. I yeah, mostly that shop happened. plain fabrics and that really saves that hassle because nobody turns <laughs> naked in my fabric. I've started to really love linen, which is very disturbing to me because I haven't found the way to make it all as patterny as I would like it to be. I mean, I've done some dyeing on it, so that helps because I can get a lot of different colors and movement and things like that. And I recently sent Beverly an image of a dress that I've made before that's by um, uh, Marcy Tilton that does, um, that has a bunch of weird shapes that are put together and somehow make a dress. It's like nothing is a rectangle or even a trapezoid. I mean, it's all just weird curves and gathers and whatever. And I saw someone make it out of a solid linen with piping between all the pieces. So you can see the dynamic movement of the different design pieces. And I, I'm wondering if I put piping, if that'll be enough. I've also considered just using maybe pom-poms instead of piping where the, where the seams are to see if that's enough to make it, you know, really zing. Um, because I, I don't feel as great in solid colors, but I'm really enjoying linen and I'm not finding patterned linens that look like they went to clown college, which is really what I'm looking for. <laughs> so it's, there's a whole niche there that I think could just be me um, yeah. looking for clown college patterned linens. <laughs> I feel like you need to get into lino block printing and printing yes, your own yes. I agree with you totally. I think that's a thing I need to do. I probably need to learn how to be more artistic though or buy my own blocks from someone else because I can imagine potato printing and all that, but I know I'm not great at it. Like I'm not good at the carving part. But if I got them from others, perhaps I could do something super exciting with them. I've also mm-hmm. thought about um doing more marbling instead of dying the way that I am. But but yeah, I agree. I think that's an interesting an interesting idea and one that I, I definitely want to do. Um, I've also thought about painting fabric. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just, I, I think it may be you I saw do that recently, even if it's just brush strokes, just little, little brush strokes you on do it, that. That, that would be a way to do it. So I painted some um, like denim to make a tool roll out of um, the, the Minute and Broad Patreon bonus tool roll. Um, and it went quite well, but like the fabric was super thirsty. And so I was like, oh, I kind of imagined I would do like single brush strokes and it was just soaking up the things and I had to go in and I wasn't quite yeah. matching it. And, and I was like, oh, this is actually harder than I imagined it was going to be. <laughs> um, so it looks okay, but it wasn't like the ultimate stress-free kind of creative experience that I was hoping it was going to be. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) So um, before we go, I would like to ask you, can you tell us anything that's coming up with Muna and Broad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I would say that we have a pretty unique kind of way of working, um, which our our patrons will know because we'll be like, we're going to release these pants this month. And then 
that was in February and we haven't made any progress on the pants because basically we want it to be a project that we're both enjoying. So we don't force ourselves to kind of do anything. Um, and so I think I know what our next pattern release will be and it might be out by the time that uh, this episode comes out. But also it's possible that we might decide we don't like it and we just won't do it. So I don't want to tell you like this is going to be the next <laughs> thing. And then, and we absolutely won't do that thing because there's been about, oh, my God. So Leela made a boiler suit. Uh, this was like a year and a half ago. And then we kind of thought about testing it. And then we're like, oh, it'd be a real palaver for people to sew and it would be quite niche. And then some other patent companies put out like jumpsuity things. So we just like put it on the absolute back burner. And every we still get people being like, when's the boiler suit coming? And we're like, it was <laughs> two years ago. Um, I guess when there's so few limp so limited such limited options for people when they yeah. hear something and then they're like oh I want that um that it can really stick yeah. in your mind even though we've kind of emotionally moved on well I not to suggest go ahead I was gonna say not to suggest that the boiler shoot should come out but that is on my list of patterns I'm desperately looking for a really good plus size version of I've got um several versions here that I've even cut out the pattern for but haven't yet committed the fabric to because I still stop and hesitate over whether I can make that hip to waist ratio work correctly for me and whether I should just pack it in and make it a skirt attached to the bodice of the boiler suit that that I've got a pattern for because I, I fit firmly within the sizing for the bodice. And if I just tuck on my own skirt, I could perhaps look like some sort of fancy outer space lady. You do understand that a, that a bodice from a, from a boiler suit tacked onto a skirt is called a dress and not a boy. It's no longer a jumper. I do. I completely (laughs) understand that, but I, but I get afraid that the pants aren't going to work for me and that I'm going to put all this effort into it because it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done, I'm going to be like, eh, and move on. And that's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay to be like, eh, about a pair of pants that took two and a half hours to make. But, but the boiler suit may take that to cut out. And so and so it's it feels like so much of a commitment for something that, that I don't believe in fully yet. And part of that I think genuinely is, I don't know that I believe in the designer as yet for the several that I've kind of identified because they look amazing on every person I've seen make them. Not one of those people looks like me. Mm, Yeah. They come to my size, but not one of the people I've seen in them looks like me. I think um, what you might see first from us would be some like more pants by which I mean like trousers, which you could make from denim, but instead of having a yoke like our noise jeans have, it would be like with darts. And then when you're into darts, suddenly you have a bit more room to like customise the waist without having to do mm-hmm. like 45-degree angle thing because you basically you don't want to put out a boiler suit and someone be like, I'm going to make a boiler suit, but they've never made like a shirt or pants before with, you know, a zip or button yeah. or anything because that's like that's a pretty big kind of entry into that and I can totally see that happening so I guess and, and I do not stand by this statement at all but I imagine you no. might see some woven fly front pants from us before you would see kind of the boiler suit as the next logical step which takes it uh, makes complete and total sense for sure and it's a reasonable a reasonable additional pant offering as well for for Mona and Broad I do love the noise jeans those are one of if I'm going to wear pants three times a year two of them are going to be the noise excellent <laughs> That's very you, nice to hear. <laughs> Are you willing to say um, what your favorite Mona and Broad pattern is? It's clearly the Hexam dress. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, it's probably the Glebe pants. Due not just to style, but also like out of ultimate, I don't want to say laziness, but I love a quick project. And the Glebe pants, I've memorized them. I can cut them out and sew them up. And I've got pants to wear out that night in like an afternoon. Um, so I really appreciate that that exists. And there's no mm-hmm. kind of like fitting issues with the Glebe. Like you're not kind of pulling it. It's not pulling anywhere on you. It's just like sitting. And I think I look pretty damn cool in them. And they work for all seasons when you live in a country that doesn't get much snow. So <laughs> yeah, it's Glebe. I wear Glebe linen in the winter and I do get snow. So do you and layer under it? Like, how do you deal with that? 
Um, well, I just, I just, I mean, I work indoors, so, you know, (laughs) that's what I always tell people who are like, why don't you wear jackets? And I'm like, I'm outdoors for 20 seconds between the house and the car. What do you want from me? And so I agree with you. We're mostly indoor creatures. And if you're mostly an indoor creature, you're probably okay. Probably lots more layered up stuff for running than I do for my work day. Yeah. yeah. Here in New Zealand, because every like buildings are pretty shoddy and there's no like central heating or kind of insulation, really, uh, often it'll be basically like the same temperature outside as inside. Oh. Um, so if it's chilly in the winter, it's chilly inside. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. so bad. I'm actually Australian. So moving to New Zealand and people were like, oh, just put some socks on and put an extra sweater on. And I was like, why are you wearing two sweaters and socks in your house? Um <laughs> That, so that's what I've always told my children, and they now tell their children, is if you are you are not cold if you have not put a coat on. So I don't You're even want to hear You're raising kiwis. <laughs> Would Muna and Broad like to donate a pattern to our listeners this month? Sure. She'll cut it if you say no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely, that'd be great. That would be okay. awesome. We Good love the opportunity to to give things out and uh, and introduce uh, more folks to amazing designs. You, as, as I expect, you know, I've I've very much admired your designs since they came out, even though they are in absolutely no way in any category my style. I'm not a boxy person. I'm not all these other things, and yet I am currently wearing a uh, tolly dress because, well, it's a t-shirt, but I made it a dress because what would I do with a t-shirt? And so, (laughs) and I, these are one of the ones where I have gotten rid of very few of them. Most of the ones I've made are still in my wardrobe because they are the perfect toss on under a jacket or something else. And I've made them out of fabrics that make them fancy and made them out of fabrics that make them very casual. And it's just been such a consistent winner so much so that when I took a friend of mine to Bucky's, which is an amazing convenience store, the size of a super Walmart that we have in some places in Southern United States. Um, I bought a second copy <laughs> of the pattern so that I could give it to my friend. And after I made her a dress out of fabric, I had printed for Bucky's. So we went in as a matching pair of super fans wearing Tolly dresses to the Bucky's. So, you know, it's a weird niche thing I did just to make sure Mana and Broad was part of my experience there. Will there be a picture of this in the show notes? Oh, there should be. I have pictures of this. I I think we may even have a picture of us with their giant beaver, um, which is their mascot. So, yeah. Muna and Broad, like we've released so many patterns now. I think we're (laughs) on to like pattern 25. There must be something for everybody because there's so many of them. Um, and I'm sure most people don't know like what half of them are because for a while there, we were just like pumping them out to a month. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, there's a number of them that I really enjoy. I like the slip dress. I, um, as I say, I just discovered the Cobden short jacket is, is just bar none. The only jacket I've ever actually wanted to wear. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, that's going over 53 years of my mother and then my husband saying, where's your jacket? Why don't you have a jacket? Shouldn't you have a jacket? And I, I finally can go, here's my jacket. And <laughs> I feel like I need to get a patch made that says like, we made the pa- only jacket that Jenny wants to wear. So I can really <laughs> it is, it is a fabulous badly. jacket, man. Uh, <laughs> And I made it out of garbage flannel, just like the cheapest, junkiest flannel in the world. <laughs> but I pre-washed it because Beverly's convinced me that that's important sometimes. And it thickened up really nicely because it was garbage flannel. It was so thin and junky. You washed it a couple of times and suddenly it's like, well, all those fibers scooted together. <laughs> and it's, it's thick and toasty and wonderful and feels exactly like a college letterman jacket sort of a thing. It's amazing. Anyway, I'll stop babbling about that, but it's great. And I agree with you. You've got enough patterns that there is something there. If even I, who am not a boxy linen shaped person, can find things that really work well for my style, that's that's pretty impressive. And you're trying to steal my Hexum dresses. So that's like at least there you go. 100%. That one, if I haven't already bought it, I'm going to buy it. And I can't remember which it is because <laughs> I buy too many patterns. Um, <laughs> Because I think you're going to be shocked at this, but she doesn't have a fantastic organizational system for those patterns. So when I want to find a shirt, like I wanted to make a a tally the other day, 
I had to go through like 50 envelopes to find it. I think and half the time she buys another one up. just because it's easier. Than I have done that. Again. I have, but I open them up. I look at a pattern piece and I'm like, no, not that one. And I don't cleverly at that point go, I should write something on the front of this envelope. Instead, I'm like later and move on. <laughs> it looks yeah. like a fire hazard. You've got a yes, fire don't hazard. Don't be like me. Um, <laughs> don't be like me is the answer here. There's nothing plugged in near either of those things. That helps, right? Yeah, seems perfectly <laughs> safe. So do you want to, um, I heard, I've I've heard Jenny talk before about your Patreon. Did you want to tell people about that real quick? Oh, sure. Um, So Leela and I have a a Moon and Broad Patreon. Um, There's a few different levels on there. Um, The insiders and makers get 15% off patterns at all times. So they can kind of, if you're just finding out about us, that's a good way to join up and then just like buy everything at a discount um we also do like pattern bonuses every month for the insiders and makers so it might be like an expansion for a pattern or like a a totally separate pattern um the november one was like a a spa wrap with um like studs for you like when you go and get a facial or whatever and they give you this towel that's not big enough to cover your body um that's kind of our answer to that so um yeah, we also do like zoom sewing circles and things like that for people to come along with every month Uh, we've got a bonus one which will have finished by the time this episode comes out. But um, it's a really nice little community that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. And you can just find that at the Moon and Broad website. Um, yes, or through Instagram, um, or there's like blog posts about it and that kind of. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll link all that in the show notes in case folks are interested in that. Amazing. See, See you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.